Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's game day. Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. You know, we're here every Sunday. Hopefully you've been joining us all throughout the year. But if you haven't and you're just arriving to us now, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. I'm your host, Mike Blue, along with Jim Day and Scott Engel. We'll bring them in in a moment. But thank you for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app or TuneIn Radio or iHeartRadio or any variety of terrestrial radio stations across the country. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And we'll take you around the games and get you all the information that you need on this Sunday, November 18th, week 11 approaching the end of the fantasy football season now, Scott. This is Scott Engel. You can find him on Twitter at Scott E. Roto X. He's the managing director of Roto Experts. We'll use his rankings to get through the show and tell you exactly who to play, who not to play. Uh, and, Scott, we really are approaching <clears throat> the end of the regular season in fantasy football. Yes, we are. And over at rotoexperts.com this morning, we have a playoff uh, price cut. Uh, check it out. Lowest price ever. And uh, like we always say, you can't overreact to what happened on Thursday night. That just one game doesn't mean you have a significant lead or a significant deficit. If your opponent started Devontae Adams and you have Marcus Valdez-Scantling, you know, don't start fretting over it. That's just one game. There there are like, I think, uh, think like 13 more to go. It just means those guys played earlier than the rest of the field. Well, uh, on that front, there are 12 more to go because we have six buys that, this week. <clears throat> the entire AFC East is off. Pats, Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, plus the Niners and Browns. So if you're starting any of those guys to the Nick Chubb owners, bummer. He's uh, he's going to slow his roll at least for a week. But, Jim, sticking on that Thursday night game, I did have Marquez Valdez-Scantley. Speaking of opponents, too, Scott, I'll get back to you in a minute, but we are playing each other in uh, – one of the big leagues that we're competing in. And you had a nice little start to the game on Thursday. But, Jim, we'll stick with Thursday. And uh, if I have Aaron Rodgers and I have fourth and short and there's only a couple of minutes left in the game, I'm going for it. What say you? <laughs> of course. Uh, once again, Mike McCarthy showing he has no clue what he's doing as a head coach in this league. Uh, just one too many times. Uh, all the blunders with the timeouts as well. Uh, just just really bad coaching play by him at this point. He, he needs to go. So, Scotty, nice win for your Seahawks. Uh, we'll get to, down to the numbers in a minute, but just to, on, a, on a macro standpoint, there's a lot of people calling for McCarthy's head. I, I do tend to think that the coaching changes can be kind of knee-jerk, but in this scenario, we're over a decade in. It's since 20, the 2010 season that they've been to the Super Bowl. They have what everybody agrees is the best quarterback in the league, for the most part. People might argue he's top three at worst. But these mistakes and these curious playoff losses in some instances uh, continue to creep up. And somebody like Jim might tell you that Rodgers has made up for McCarthy's shortfalls. What say you on that topic? Uh I think I think it's a combination of things. You know, people always point to one thing they want to blame the quarterback or the coach most often, but it's it's a combination of factors. You have to remember that Green Bay scored just 3 points in the second half and Rodgers isn't quite playing up to his previous levels. So, uh, you know, there's depth concerns, I think, in wide receiver. They're running the ball better. Uh, but the defense you know, really hasn't been that good since they last won a Super Bowl. I totally agree. It really it comes down to 
Look, they've always been a team that tries tries to develop talent within. They don't go after free agents almost as a rule. It's pretty rare that they bring in outside free agents. But, Jim, to Scott's point, the defense hasn't been good in years, and the defensive secondary is awful. I know they, I know they drafted two guys this past year to hopefully fix that down the road, but it's been years that they've been terrible in, in the secondary, no matter who's back there. Oh, not even just the secondary. You know, once you get past that that defensive line, it really starts to get rough. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of the linebackers are playing okay, but still a little bit of liability when it comes to coverage, like you're talking about. And you know, just hard to trust in any given week. And um, and I, I, you know, I know it, the whole thing runs rampant, but. Uh, and to be honest, I've never been a, a big Mike McCarthy fan. I just think he has too many instances of, you know, bad clock management, bad use of timeouts, uh, you know, at the end of games that they should win. They're not winning. And like you say, with, with Aaron Rodgers there, that late in the game with less than four minutes to go, you got to give him a shot to get that first down. You yeah, can't take the ball out of the silly. and hope that that defense is going to stop Seattle. It's it just bad move all the way around. It's silly. They'd give it up over 130 yards rushing to that point, and you knew Seattle was just going to try and pound it down their throats, which they did, got a first down, and knelt it out. So, uh, terrible decision by McCarthy. Good games out of Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, three thirty and two scores, but I remember looking last week. Matt Ryan had almost identical numbers to that, and he was the twelfth quarterback. So good game for Aaron Rodgers, not great. Russell Wilson uh, with a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Lockett saves you late with a few catches late. Doug Baldwin with a nice game, seven for fifty-two and a score. The one guy I'll ask you questions on Scott before we move on is Chris Carson. He has the fumble early, but Carroll sticks with him. And he ends up having a really nice game, 17 for 83 and a score. Rashad Penny with eight touches, Mike Davis with four. Do you expect that to be the divvying of the carries moving forward? Carson with uh, twice as many as anybody else. Well, Carson's a guy they really like. He's got two years in the system. Uh, you can see that, you know, he does a great job of breaking tackles and carrying the pile, et cetera, and, you know, not giving up on a run, great body lean, great push at the point of attack. So he brings something. Uh, Mike Davis is their best pass catcher and pass blocker, and Rashad Penny, you know, gives them the most upside and big play possibilities. So they said they're going to ride the hot hand, but as long as Chris Carson is healthy, I expect him to be the guy to get the most carries, but then again, he doesn't always stay healthy. So, you know, Rashad Penny had a great 30-yard run in which he reversed his field, and then he hurt his ankle. So I think, you know, fantasy players don't want to hear this, but I think the Seahawks, they feel they have a luxury now in three running backs that they can really use uh, to continue to be the number one rushing team in the NFL. Uh, Yeah, and it's looking good right now. This might be, I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but I have to give Pete Carroll a lot of credit for putting this group together. The offensive line had Ryan some Schottenheimer. Uh, that too. Uh, and you, we, you and I were both sort of critical of him at the beginning of the year. So they've done a really nice job. He brought in Schottenheimer. They've kind of fixed the offensive line issues as much as they have been able to. And they're running, they're running more than every team in the league, but they're running well too. So uh, I, I do agree. I think it's a luxury. So, uh, so that's the deal for the Hawks. The Packers dropped to four, five, and one. They're in big trouble, and the Hawks are at five and five, and certainly in the playoff mix. Um, as far as injured players today, Jim Day did a nice job putting this together for us today. The highlight is that Joe Flacco is out, and Lamar Jackson is expected to start. John Har- Harbaugh played at Coy. Throughout the week, Jim, and by the way, you can find Jim on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. That's T A Z at the end. John Harbaugh played at Coy. Probably didn't know for sure whether or not he's going to have Flacco, but there was some speculation that it could be Robert Griffin. But it appears that the Lamar Jackson era at least starts on some level today. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is, you know, and a part of this was all coaching in the fact that he didn't want the defense to know who who they were going up against. They could, you know, expect who they wanted to expect, but without knowing for sure, they had to accommodate both of these guys. Well, actually, all three, 
you know, with the fact that they kept saying, well, Flacco doesn't have to practice to be able to play. Well, he didn't practice. Doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, they are going to throw the rookie in there, but they keep talking about giving Robert Griffin some plays as well. You know, I, I, I don't like that when they mix it up like that. You know, if you're going to put the kid in there, put him in there, let him build up a rhythm and let him play his game. I, when you start switching out quarterbacks, you really could take a, a quarterback out of his rhythm. And I'm just not a big fan of it. Yeah, I think in seasonal leagues you're not going to want to get anywhere near Lamar Jackson today, but he is a good he's a possible punt play on FanDuel. Uh he's extremely cheap on FanDuel and I can see people putting him in some lineups. Scott, uh, I'll I'll get to the other stuff, but let I want to let you comment on this first. Expectations for Lamar Jackson today didn't look pretty in preseason, but it's a long time since then and he's been in the system now for a few months. Uh, any thoughts on what he might look like today? I disagree that you can't use him in seasonal leagues, especially if you've got a quarterback on a bye, et cetera. You know, I haven't ranked 14. It's in my ranks on rotoexperts.com. There's a lot of rushing upside. And while he's erratic, uh, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. They have allergic to starting Bless Ravens you. quarterbacks, but um, <laughs> we all are. I, I think uh, you know. I think he's top fifteen this week with his rushing ability. Uh, that there's so much potential there. They can get in the red zone twice, and he can rush for two scores. Now, uh, of course, there could be two turnovers, but he's also shown the ability, you know, to want to create big plays as well. So uh, I, I kind of like Lamar Jackson as uh, as a top fifteen quarterback this week. I'm actually starting him in one in a two quarterback league in a one one quarterback league uh two quarterback leagues make sense to me I, I think that's fair to push back on me because uh there will be a floor a good matchup for, for rushing yards and exactly right the Bengals were the first team in nfl history to give up 500 yards of offense three weeks in a row it resulted in terrell terrell austin their defensive coordinators firing so uh, it's a soft landing for Lamar Jackson. It'll be a new defensive coordinator in there for Cincinnati, but uh, he gets a home game against a defense that hasn't played well in a month uh, and probably longer, but they've played very poorly for the last month. So uh, we'll get to Scott's rankings in the next segment. He mentioned he has Lamar Jackson 14. It's in front of guys like Deshaun Watson and Marcus Mariota, which uh, you may not have expected. So uh, as we continue to go through some of these injured players, Jim, <sighs> So here's my starting my in the league that I'm playing Scott. My normal starting receiving core up until last week was Cooper Cup, AJ Green, and Marvin Jones. Cooper Cup's out for the year. Marvin Jones and AJ Green highlight the guys that will not play today. Uh, Taywan Taylor, wide receiver for the Titans. Jordy Nelson, Jamison Crowder, Tavon Austin, Darren Sproles, Ronald Jones, Chris Thompson, Torrey Smith, Michael Roberts, tight end the tight end for the Lions. So all of those guys will not play today. Expectations to start. Kiki Kuti, Antonio Gates, and Chris Godwin. They were questionable. And guys that are true game time decisions, Sammy Watkins, although they're shading towards him not playing. And then John Ross for the Bengals and Tajay Sharp for the Titans. So with all that being said, Jim, we're talking about two Bengals that are either out or going to be a game time decision so it's all falling right now on Tyler Boyd are you expecting him to have a big game oh big game uh not really uh he first of all he had such a great matchup last week and didn't do anything uh going up against the New Orleans defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody through the air uh Boyd comes up low so does Dalton and I really think it's not so much I dislike Boyd it's that this point i just don't trust dalton uh, especially going up against this baltimore defense that while over the you know on over the course of the season the number six against opposing quarterbacks in uh points allowed over the last five weeks they're actually number 18 so they've dropped a bit they're you know giving up a little bit more uh, of course that was you know including New Orleans and Pittsburgh and Carolina. So you can see that a little bit. But Cincinnati's offense right now is struggling with Dalton, and I think that has repercussions throughout the entire offense against this Baltimore defense. So, Scott, we'll stay on this game for a minute because there's so many injuries impacting it. Are you feel any more bullish than Jim does about Tyler Boyd? No. Uh, you know, six carries for 65 yards, which is kind of low. 
I think, uh, last week against the New Orleans Saints. And this is a, a little bit of a tougher matchup. Uh, but, you know, the, the the Ravens certainly aren't a shutdown defense. We've been making the point there are no shutdown defenses. But this Cincinnati offense just takes a big hit, you know, without A.J. Green in there. I think they become a run-first team. Yeah, agreed. Uh, maybe it's a mixing game as opposed to uh, a Tyler Boyd game. So we will go through all the games as, as best we can. Uh, I'll give you an update on the weather. Despite the fact that things are turning colder around here, and we had in the New York, New Jersey area where we all reside, get a nice little snowstorm on Thursday. Um, So that was unexpected and not that much fun. However, it's cleared up here quite a bit. And you got the G-Men hosting the Bucks today. It's a little cold, 40 degrees, but it's uh, sunny out. We have five games in domes today. There's seven domes in the leagues. Five are in dome. Five of them are hosting games today. So beyond that, we don't really have any weather issues. A little colder in some areas, but no wind, no rain. Uh, To those people that are impacted by the fires in California, our our thoughts are with you. It's devastating. It's brutal to read. It's brutal to see updates on. Um, And it won't impact anything as far as the games are concerned today. I know we talked about that a little bit last week, but uh, it's something I've been reading about and thinking about. So our hearts go out to you. And um, we'll get back to football in the next segment. As far as uh, so as far as weather is concerned, nothing there. Uh, Other injury issues, I guess, to get back to that for a second. Uh, I mean, the Washington's been hurt forever with Chris Thompson and Jamison Crowder. It is a kind of a light week as far as injuries are concerned, but the Marvin Jones thing is the one other one we have to talk about because we Golden Tate's gone, Marvin Jones is out. It all falls on Kenny Galladay, right, Scott? Yeah, it does. And uh, like we were saying off air, we think uh, we think it's going to be a popular DFS play. But can Kenny Galladay be the number one receiver and you know uh, thrive with that kind of sort of defensive attention? I think things open up really big for Theo Riddick today. I think yeah. he's a good daily and seasonal play, uh, especially when they show. Tate, that they're going to use him a lot in the slot, and Carolina can get burned a lot in the slot. I think Theo Riddick might be their most productive pass catcher today. Yeah, I think Riddick is a really solid own for the rest of the year. I think once Golden Tate left, it really helped Theo Riddick's value. So I'd probably prefer him over Galladay as well because he can be a cheap running back addition. It's Mike, Jim, and Scott, FST Game Day Edition. We'll be right back with the quarterback rankings after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Stop from Sean Angle, producing on this Sunday morning. Always thankful for some tunes, get you energized, get your lineup set. If you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire, try DailyRoto.com for free. This Thanksgiving, that's right, free advice from Fantasy Millionaires. Free Daily Fantasy projections and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. So don't be a turkey. Head on over to dailyroto.com and enter the promo code TG18 to access your free five-day trial. That's dailyroto.com, promo code TG18. So uh, we'll be working here on Thanksgiving as well. Uh, I'll be here live in four days taking you through all the NFL action as we do 
each and every Sunday. It's, it's sort of a modified Sunday, always a fun day. I know it's a lot of people's favorite holiday because you get to eat and drink all you want and watch three games of football. Used to be just two. Now it's three, adding to the goodness. I guess when did that start? Ten years ago, would you say? Has it been ten years since they've been doing a Thanksgiving night game, Scott? Uh, I don't remember, to be honest with you. Got to be about that. Yeah, it's got to be at least ten years. Feels like about that. Like with the NFL <laughs> Network, it's like with the NFL Network felt like they needed uh, a little boost. You know, that's the amazing thing. The NFL Network, when it first launched, people thought it might bust. And now it's awesome. I mean, it always was awesome for me. Uh, if the NHL Network can survive, then I think it'll be okay. I, I wouldn't say the NFL Network is awesome. I, I like that they played the games during the week that you could go back and read. Yeah, that's what's awesome all, about all it. All of that stuff. I'm not saying every yeah, like, highlight there, show is great, but. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I watch so the Football show. Life and, uh, and Playbook. Yeah. Right. But their morning show is God awful, terrible. Oh, you don't like it? I don't know. I, he, I here's the thing. It. I can't stand it. Here's what I'll say about it. We tend you're to be. supposed to be listening to the Roto experts in the morning in fantasy football today anyway. I, I Well, I do fantasy sports today, so clearly I don't get a lot of a time to watch good morning football. Here's the one thing I'll say. We tend to be a more analytical group, right? So... That isn't that show. They're having fun with it. And sometimes I think I like to be reminded to have some fun with it. Now, there's some other guys on that network, too, that they have fun with it. Even if it's fantasy football, they're having fun with it. So it's a good reminder to me, even though, you know, I don't necessarily need them for information. I got Jim Dan Scott Engel right here. What do I need those guys for? So, um, See, but that, that's what I get every day with the frenzy. I get the fun part. <laughs> Fair point. Corey Parson joining us in about an hour and a half, by the way. And uh, so DFS for free on DailyRoto.com. Uh, make sure to go over there, TG18. You'll get it all Thanksgiving. It's a really, really great site, great information. We'll have one of those guys on from Daily Roto in just under two hours. So, all right, on to Scott's rankings. The King, Scott Engel, FSTA Hall of Famer, Seahawks fan. FSWA. He'll be, tr- what's that? Different. FSWA. Oh, I'm sorry. I said the wrong one. FSWA. Two different Hall of Fames. I don't think a lot of people know that. I do know that, and I still messed it up. So FSWA, Fantasy Sports Writers Association, correct? Yes. Right. So my apologies. I put him in the wrong Hall of Fame. Jim, he's in so many Halls of Fame that I sometimes get them a little mixed up. So uh, the FSWA Hall of Famer. Um, And he'll be traveling to Seattle for the first time going to uh, Seattle's home arena, which I, again, I forget the name of this all the time. Is it CenturyLink? CenturyLink Field. Look at that. Nailed it. So CenturyLink yeah. Field uh, for the Niners game in week, I guess that will be week 13? Yes. So uh, you looking forward to it? You excited? Oh, definitely. You know, okay. it's uh, been following the Seahawks since I've been in high school and seen them about 13 times play on the road, but never at home and finally going to do it. Good stuff. So fully credentialed too. Okay. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yes. For practices and the game. Look at that guy. Nice. So check out my, uh, my fantasy previews as always on Seahawks.com this morning. Uh, but I just don't talk about the Seahawks. I talk about the entire league and who to start. And I've been doing that uh, on their site for seven years. Good stuff. So uh, his rankings start out. No surprise. Patty Mahomes comes in at number one. Does he like being called Patty? I, I just feel the need to call him Patty Mahomes. I, I don't even know if people call him that in real life. I have no idea what they call right. him. I'm so sure I'm he better- here's an interesting fact, though, okay. that I know for sure. Because, okay. you know, I know a lot of Major League Baseball players. Yes. Noah Syndergaard uh, has Pat Mahomes as his fantasy quarterback, <laughs> which is interesting because his dad used to pitch for the Mets. Yes. Yes. That's right. He's got a yeah. cannon of an arm. Chip off the old block. Yes. Like the, similar to the dynamic here at uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network with a Hall of Fame dad and an up-and-coming rising superstar in Sean Engel producing. It's just almost the exact same thing. So yes. uh, Pat Mahomes comes in at number one uh, with a total of 63 and a half on that game. That's insane. 
and I believe it's the highest this year. I don't think I've seen one as high, but it's uh, actually the highest ever recorded. Look at that. Jim Day bringing the knowledge. So, yeah, 63 and a half. No surprise that Pat Mahomes comes in at number one. And guess who's at number two? Jared Goff. Drew Brees comes in at number three. Carson Wentz at number four. So you were game stacking back and forth. Both of those uh, guys playing against each other in the top four. Andrew Luck comes in at number five. Cam Newton at six. Andrew Luck has never lost to the Titans. Nine and zero in his career. I think it ends today. Know, yeah. Just a little wink and a nod from Mike Blewett. But uh, Cam Newton comes in at number six. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at seven. I don't think he'll stay there, even though he had a pretty good statistical <laughs> game. I don't think he'll stay there. Matt Ryan at eight. Trubisky at nine. And Big Ben at number 10. Anything jump out to you there, James? Uh, no, you know, pretty consistent. You know, pretty much, uh, you know, what we've seen going on. And, you know, Big Ben may be a little higher here than in some other places because, you know, everybody has that bias about him being on the road, although he has, has played a couple of decent road games this year. Um, you know, even against that Jacksonville defense, he's playing really good right now. So I, I can't fault Scott for moving him up a little bit. Uh, I do think he's a, a QB one this week, even on the road. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Phil Rivers comes in at number 11. Ryan Fitz at 12. Russell Wilson at 13. Lamar Jackson at 14. Deshaun Watson at 15. I'll keep going. Mariota at 16. Eli at 17. I went all the way down to Eli because our friends at Daily Roto even though they're doing it with a while holding their breath, Eli is a sort of a strong recommendation this week because you know, what would you guess? I, it, it's going to be hard for you to guess, so I'm sorry I did it that way. But the Bucks touchdown to interception ratio this year uh, on pass defense is twenty three to one. That is yeah. incredible. <laughs> They've picked off one pass and given up 23 touchdowns. It's week 11. It's week 11. So Eli is ends, ends up being a pretty strong recommendation from a DFS standpoint, at least. 27 implied total. The Bucks can't cover anybody. They lost Quan Alexander a couple of weeks ago. Levante David is out this week. They're all banged up, Scotty, but you still are hesitant about Eli. You have him mid-QB, too. Well, again, quarterback is deep. Yep. I have Lamar Jackson three spots ahead because there's more rushing upside. I like Dak Prescott's matchup better. Uh, you know, usually Eli is like 25th, so I think I am giving him respect. But uh, even in this matchup, I'm not fully confident that Eli could be like 335 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, Jim, you'd rather play Fitz over Eli as well. Fitz is 7,600 on FanDuel for you DFS players, so he's pretty reasonably priced um even if eli eli and fitz's projections are surprisingly close look it fitz has been getting it done uh, you know most weeks even last week uh didn't throw any touchdowns against washington hard to believe yards. washington defense has been playing poorly but yeah 400 yards uh definitely throwing the ball around you know Giants defense isn't as bad as, you know, it's made out to be, but they're not great either, and they're not going to be able to stop this. Too many weapons for Tampa Bay. Uh, Chris Godwin is going to be playing, it looks like, today. So, you know, between him and Deshaun Jackson, who's always in the past had, you know, had some big games against the Giants, uh, and, of course, Mike Evans, just a, a lot of people here that he's got a chance to throw to. A, and I think, you know, outside of Janoris Jenkins, the rest of that secondary is severely suspect. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, and Jenkins hasn't had a good year either. He's he's had his share of blown yeah. plays and, and the like. So the highest implied total for teams on the board today is Drew Brees. But obviously, they they do run the ball a lot very effectively. <laughs> Excuse me. Apparently, I'm allergic to good offenses. So, uh, so that's why, from a DFS standpoint, Cam Newton is uh, the best value right now. But Brees is right behind him. And then you got guys like Fitz, Manning, Wentz, Matt Ryan, uh, Ben and, and Andrew Luck are probably more of tournament plays because they're going up against you know, Ben on the road against the Jaguars. Defense hasn't been as good, so there's a little bit of upside right there. Andrew Luck going up against a tough Titans defense. Again, he's 9-0 against them in his career. Those are probably more tournament plays in DFS, though, because there's possible downside. But uh, one other guy that the Daily Roto guys like, Scotty, and you have him in your QB2 range, 
but I want to get both of your thoughts on this. You first, Scott, on Dak Prescott going up against Atlanta. Their defense obviously has had some issues. They got gashed by the run against the Browns last week. By the way, that knocked me out of my survivor pool. It was down to two of us, and I'm done. He picked the Chiefs. He had the Chiefs left, and I'm toast. I picked the Falcons on the road against the Browns. I don't, I'm not mad about it because my second pick was the, the two teams I debated was the Eagles, and they also lost. So um, no, uh, no regrets. Uh, I, I, I guess I, my only regret is that through the 10 weeks, I never used the Steelers, and I'm a Steelers fan, but I always feel like I'm jaded when I'm picking them. So that, that's why I tend to avoid them in those that's types of pools. That's how I feel about the Giants. Yeah, so um, <laughs> anyway, Scott, uh, throwing it to you, Dak Prescott, uh, Chance for some upside today? Yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and Atlanta doesn't get much of a pass rush. Amari Cooper has been reliable. That's a new way to describe him, and he's always got the potential to rush for yardage. You know, I could see three total touchdowns from Dak Prescott today. Yeah, interesting that you said that about Amari. He's he's like settling into a reliable role, which is what we've needed out of him for yeah. the last year and a half. I got I to gotta yeah. prop that for Dak Prescott Let's I want to ask you guys about because I'm looking at it. And they have an over-under passing yards for Dak of 235 and a half yards this week uh, against this defense that isn't stopping anybody. Does anybody else think that that might be a little low for him today? 235. Yeah, I think it does. I'll I'll definitely t- I'll definitely take the over here. I mean, yeah, I know they expect uh, I know they expect Ezekiel Elliott to go crazy, but it's also going to happen as a receiver. Right. Uh, That's my thoughts, too. I, I was thinking the same yeah. thing. I, I like him over. Well, I'm looking at – let me look at Dak's game logs so far this year. Two, his his Dak, average on the season is 214. He so, plays better with Zeke in there, so you got to be careful cherry-picking right. that game log. Yeah, true. Um, and, but his last three weeks, he's blown that away. Uh, 270, right. 243, 273. The addition of Amari and and the running game being better, I balanced attack exactly. I, I think to your point, uh, it is helping him because he had some duds earlier in the year. Uh, started out the year, he didn't. He only hit two fifty one time, and the number that Jim put out right. two twenty three. He only hit that one time in the first six weeks, uh, but last three weeks he's done it. So yeah, I'd take that too. The Falcons do not have Deion Jones back yet. He is expected to return potentially no. next week. So they're still banged up on defense. You saw them get gashed in the run last week by Nick Chubb. But I would I would bet on a more balanced attack as well. With that total being over 50, uh, I think you can look for some good things out of Dak Prescott. It isn't a guy that we highlight very often, so I always think that's important. We've talked about Lamar Jackson. I mean... I think Scott's right to talk about the floor there for Jackson. Cincinnati's been really terrible. But, Jim, like what? how many passes do you think he puts up today? Ooh, uh, man. <laughs> I mean, they don't throw the ball I, that I much gotta, generally. Yeah, I know, and that's, that's the scary part of it. But I, I figure he's got to throw at least 30 times in this one, at least. Yeah, I mean, they've been attacked that way, Scott, so – despite the fact that it's a bringing a guy in there that may not be as prepped to put the ball up 40 times like Flacco has, we obviously could see them attacking the Bengals the way other teams have been attacking them as well. We could. You know, the Bengals are certainly having issues at linebacker, though. Uh, we, you know, it's kind of points to Alex Collins maybe getting a season high in carries, and they don't want this rookie quarterback you, to the lead on him, they Joe Flacco's a veteran. Let him throw it forty times. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a different sort of dichotomy and approach with uh, with Lamar Jackson. I would say uh, sixteen, seventeen completions, and a lot of times he's going to take off and run rather than throw too. Yeah, to Scott's point about the Bengals defense, uh, we have Preston Brown out. Uh, Nick Vigil out, Adolphus Washington out, Fontes Perfect, Drake Kirkpatrick are questionable. Also, just as a quick note, Tyler Croft was put on injured reserve. So I'm not doing the C.J. Uzuma thing anymore, but in your deeper leagues where you need somebody, he's kind of by himself now. So uh, just something to consider in a position that is a wasteland. And I'm going to bust 
chops to the Daily Roto guys when they get here in about an hour and a half. They're recommending Jordan Reed again. I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. By so, the way, I think the Cincinnati defense, though, is a viable stream. Uh, you don't always look for points allowed, but I don't think Baltimore's going to score a ton of points. But there are going to be opportunities for turnovers and some coverage sacks there. Yeah, I agree. And I think... I I, th- I think I think also you know with the coaching change and them firing the coordinator they have to play better than they did. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the other the other side of the coin is they've already taken ten interceptions on the on the year, so definitely a, a chance for at least one of those as well today. So I agree with Scott. You always look for a little bit of a bump, but to be fair, the Bucks fired their defensive coordinator. It's really not going well with defensive coordinator number two either. Jim, one last quarterback before we hit the break. Any love for Mariota playing a little bit better now? The whole team is, the whole offense is. Any love for Mariota here today at Indy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Indy's a tougher defense than we expected coming into the season, but True. they're still middle of the road against uh, what you know quarterbacks and uh, running backs. So nothing crazy here. And Mariota, like you said, last two weeks has played very good. Um, he's... You know, he's he's not throwing for a ton of yardage, but he's playing better football. Uh, he's getting some some yardage on the ground, not not as much as we'd like to see, not what he did when he was young. But I do like him. He's playing better. He looks healthy, and he finally seems to be on track with Corey Davis now. I'm going to ask you guys to answer this after the break. Do you think the Titans should just lock Mariota up for the long-term deal this offseason? We'll get Scott and Jim's answers to that after the break. Mike, Jim, and Scott, FST. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for hanging out with us. Getting through, uh, we got through the quarterbacks. We're going to do some running back talk here in a minute. As we set up the slate today, again, five weeks for the Niners and Browns and the entire AFC East. To all you Zay Jones owners, you got to find a pivot um, for <laughs> whatever it is that he's done for these first 10 weeks. All those. Uh, this is what I. Danny Amendola owners. I'm sorry, you're bumped. <laughs> go, go ahead, Jim. This is what I was thinking. You know, for for a week where we have six buys, it's actually probably the most fantasy friendly sixteen buy week ever. I you know, when you're I, looking I, at Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, San Francisco, Cleveland, and uh, New England. Okay, yeah, but I mean, really, for having six teams on buy, this is probably the most fantasy friendly sixteen buy week ever. I do agree. Yeah, it's like three and a half teams are on a bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except, except somehow in that one league that I was going over with you guys this morning, I have eight guys on bye. I don't know how that worked out. Maybe I'm just heavy New England or whatever. But um, it's a deeper league, so it's that stuff just happens. Um, I, you know, I'm Poor I'm in on New England. Planning. Say that again. Poor prior planning. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So uh, I asked you guys a question before the break. I happened to see an article on ESPN, uh, I believe it was yesterday. It was last night I was reading it, uh, even though it was about a week old. And it was about, and we have actually referenced this before, where like the Bucs are in this rough position with Jameis. But at the same time, I remember saying this two weeks ago, this is before they played Dallas, that Tennessee was in a, Difficult position if Mariota didn't play better down the stretch here. Now, we're only a couple of games into him playing well. 
but I'll pose it to you first, Scott. Do you think that they've seen enough, the Titans have seen enough, that this is their franchise guy going forward and they can just plunk down the big deal for Marcus Mariota? Based on a two-game stretch, I don't think so. Uh, you know, me personally, his entire I'd career. Say, yeah. Give the guy, give the give the guy an incentive laden contract because he's still got a lot to prove. You know, two game stretches and all of a sudden gonna make me say, you know, give this guy a ton of money. That said, it's very very hard to get anything close to a franchise quarterback in the NFL. It's you know, what's out there in free agency, what's out there on the draft. It may not be a lot better. You know, I think they give him a friendly contract, but uh, I think he's still got a lot to prove. Jim, look, the kid's only twenty-five. Um, you know, he's been playing injured the, the basically for the first half of this year, for a good portion of last year. He plays through most of that pain, uh, so that's always a good sign. And then, you know, if you go back and look at his twenty sixteen season when he was healthy, you're looking at a guy who put up almost thirty-five hundred yards, threw twenty-six in- touchdowns and only nine interceptions. You know, put some some. Uh, ground in his game as well pretty much every season Uh, look I think he right now he's a guy that they should sign Uh, like Scott said it's really hard you can go out there draft the next big thing young kid quarterback out there but there's no guarantees ever with that and you got to start all over from scratch retrain everything he knows his offense he he does have you know he's been Nick but he plays through most of those I think you have to sign him Uh, but like Scott said you know Make it an incentive uh, contract. Make them have to play for those numbers and pay them at that point. But I definitely think you have to sign them. Yeah, I mean, right now, this year. that, Jim sounded more like his agent than a fantasy analyst. Yeah. I mean, he's got seven <laughs> touchdowns. spout facts. Seven touchdowns and five picks. Uh, Planted facts. On the year. So it, it doesn't look pretty right now. But as Jim said, that they played. he's played hurt. I also think that in time – with this offensive coordinator and them opening it up a little bit. It, like Jim was talking about in 2016, he had pretty good numbers. That was under Mike Malarkey, who wasn't even really playing to his strengths. So I, I do think he's the franchise quarterback here, but obviously an organization doesn't have to plunk down the money now. They can let him play under the 50-year option next year, which is $20.9 million. And then they could franchise tag him after that. It's an unknown number, but it would be somewhere in the 24 to $25 million range to tag him for the 2020 season. So they can keep playing that game like Washington did with Cousins and just keep evaluating, keep evaluating, and then let him walk. Or we'll see. Maybe if he plays lights out here, I think they like him as a person and a leader and all that kind of stuff. But uh, maybe they want to see some more health long-term health, I think that's a reason to just let him play under the option next year and then uh, plunk down the big deal. So I I just thought it was interesting because I I do think the Titans are sort of in a difficult position to evaluate. Maybe they just let him play out under the option next year. So uh, on to the running back uh, position, which is uh, found at rotoexperts.com on the premium exclusive edge package. As Scott said, you got uh, discounts, uh, galore for that. Uh, any code that they should enter, Scotty, for the special discount? Nope. The uh, price is so low right now. Uh, there's not even enough room to fit a code. So there you go. <laughs> well done. Well played. So uh, this is running back rankings. Uh, PPR. We, we go PPR. You can, when you go there, drop down for standard rankings, but we're just doing PPR because it's the uh, it's what's in vogue. So Todd Gurley, number one, no surprise there. Saquon Barkley in a premium matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks, missing both of their middle linebackers, and Barkley catches a ton of passes too, and the Bucks can't stop that either. Like we said, twenty three to one touchdown to interception ratio. Really amazing to see that. So Kareem Hunt at number three, uh, they're going up against Todd Gurley. Obviously, Mel Gordon at number four. James Conner at five. He's out of the concussion protocol officially, I believe. Uh, he practiced all week. Alvin Kamara at number six. Zeke Elliott at number seven. David Johnson at eight. Chris McCaffrey at nine. Joe Mixon at ten. We talked about him earlier, Scott. Joe Mixon may be the star of the show in Cincinnati with the receivers both out in A.J. Green and banged up in John Ross and, and frankly, Andy Dalton not playing particularly well. So you like Joe Mixon here to be an RB1 this week. 
Yeah, he's a he's a real volume play because they can use him as both a runner and receiver. I think they have to lean on him to take uh, pressure off of Andy Dalton. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but I still think he can get in the end zone. Jim, a couple other guys there towards the top of the rankings. Uh, Gurley and Hunt, no arguments from me, or, or nor Barkley. But Zeke Elliott down at seven. He might have an opportunity against Atlanta here to do some real damage and have a big Zeke Elliott game, don't you think? Oh, I do. But, I, I mean, when you're looking at the top of these rankings, True. you know, even between one and eight with David Johnson at number eight, True. I mean, any one of these guys, you're, you're probably talking about a point or two difference between these guys. And, you know, it, it's so hard to nitpick any of these guys. Should they be moved up three spots? Should they be moved down three spots? When, when you're talking about, you know, a point, point and a half, two point difference, it, you know, it, it's so hard to try and, justify moving Zeke up over any of these other guys because all of these other guys, except Connor, doesn't have the greatest matchup against Jacksonville, but that doesn't matter. He's shown he's you know matchup proof. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it, to try and nitpick it and move him up against all these other guys, I, I mean, you're really picking at hairs there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, my job to just kind of pick at it and, and, and sift through it a little bit. But I think it's a good note on David Johnson. Scott, through their first seven games, the Cardinals were averaging 49.9 offensive plays per game. But now they've run 61 and 64 the last two games. The, the switch over to Byron left, which has, at least on some level, appeared to increase the tempo of the offense and the number of plays, the efficiency with which they're running plays. So... You know, when we're looking at projections, both on a yearly and a weekly basis, that's a really big part of what we look at is what the tempo of the game can be. How many plays are they going to run? In fact, the other night, the Seahawks ran 69 offensive plays and the Packers didn't even hit 50. It's a big reason why they won the game. They were able to control it a little bit. You don't want the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands that much. He could have thrown it 40 times and maybe they get the win. So it's a big part of what we look at from projections. And David Johnson, maybe here in these last six weeks of the fantasy season, can get somebody on a roll. You might be getting him at the right time. It was a big trade in my league made this week where somebody traded for David Johnson for the playoff push. Yeah, it was a really good buy low before previous week. I saw somebody last Friday uh, pick up David Johnson for Des Bryant in one league. No. So, uh, you know, is it, Yikes. Is people get people get snowed too much by names. Uh, I talk about it a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, David Johnson's got the schedule and he's got Byron Leftwich, uh, who is an intern for Bruce Arians, knowing that he has to use his best player more than the previous offensive regime did. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald is also playing better. So yeah. Byron Leftwich is getting the ball in the bed pans of his best playmakers. Yeah. Good good job by Byron Leftwich. I, 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 you know, when I think back to his playing career and he was back in a coordinator from- than quarterback. Yeah, yeah it's it, exactly. You know what? That's probably often true, though, whether we're talking about Frank Reich or Doug Peterson and now Byron Leftwich, maybe they're just they're. And I was going to say Jason Garrett, but you guys will probably hammer me for that. That that may be true, too. Um, yeah. But, why is he still maybe he's a good offensive coordinator, not a good head coach? Maybe. Yeah, right. that might and be true. A, a lot of times that is the truth. Yes, they could be good coordinators and terrible head coaches. As no doubt. We've seen. Yeah. Yep. So I, I guess I. When looking back at his playing career, I didn't really visualize him as a guy that could be a dynamic offensive coordinator, but it shows you how little I know. I think a lot of people tend to uh, <laughs> expound upon their knowledge of, like, this coach will work and and this guy won't, and you really don't know. It's it, There's so much that goes into a coach being successful, players, organizations supporting him, and the like. Uh, I think it's it's really cool to see Byron Leftwich having some success early, and hopefully that continues for the sake of fantasy players that own DJ and, like myself, uh, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. So uh, keep going in the back half. Uh, wait, can yeah, I, can yeah, I yeah. just comment to of that course. real quick? Seriously, it, going into the change to Leftwich, I'm pretty sure you or I would have realized – that we had to make the change to get David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald more involved in the offense. Yeah. Not really brain surgery here. True. They're two best players, and they're playing backseats to garbage. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald playing 
backseat to Christian Kirk. Look, I'm not saying Christian Kirk is garbage, but he's no Larry Fitzgerald. Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not even close. So you know, I I get it, and I'm I'm glad for the change. They needed to change. You know, we're finally starting to see these two guys play up to their potential, and I like that. But you know, everybody in the world saw it except Mike McCoy. Yeah. Look, at some point. When the guys are that good at football, just force it. It doesn't matter if the other team knows. It's enough with subterfuge and trying to uh, trying to scheme away from and get guys open and all this kind of stuff. Larry Fitzgerald doesn't get, hasn't gotten separation in a few years. It's okay. He catches everything. Just throw it to him. He's fine. He's fine. And David Johnson, same way. Just let the guy make some plays. Like. Jim, you as a Giants fan are probably frustrated with the fact that like Barkley caught 14 balls in that one game and barely did anything with it. Well, you know what? At least they know what they have and they're they're forcing it. It didn't work for a few weeks. Maybe it'll open up a little bit today and in some other games, but I always feel like those coaches, to your point, have to know we need the ball in the best guy's hands. It doesn't matter if they're covered or whatever. Let's just get it to him 25 times. We've, we've just given him a ton of money, and he's great. So let's just do that. So um, anyway, that's a little side note there on, on David Johnson and the Cardinals. Uh, Chris McCaffrey with a good matchup today. Leonard Fournette comes in at number 11. Uh, going up against Pittsburgh, defense playing better. Philip Lindsay at 12. I like to see that. I have a really tough decision in one of my leagues. It's like a Philip Lindsay or Larry Fitzgerald, since we are just talking about him, decision. I think I'm going Fitz right now, but Philip Lindsay projects pretty well against the Chargers in a game where, Scott, we expect this game to be pretty up-tempo today, Chargers and Denver. Yeah, I think uh, I think Denver's going to try to play a lot of catch-up, but early in the game, look, Lindsay, Lindsay's been a, been a guy with a safe floor pretty much all year long. I don't expect a lot of upside, but I think if they're going to get in the end zone, I don't think Royce Freeman's really the answer. Uh, they can also use Lindsay out of the backfield in the passing game, maybe a little bit Devontae Booker. Uh, I think Lindsay is an okay start today. Uh, on Johnson comes in at number 13. Dalvin Cook at 14. Jim, I'll pause there. I'm not playing Dalvin Cook in the league where I have him today. He was my second-round pick. I'm playing Chris McCaffrey and Tariq Cohen over him. So give me your thoughts on Dalvin Cook. I'm still wary of playing him. He is playing the Bears today, so that's a big reason for it. But, you know, I... It's unfortunate, but it's going to be until week 12 until I can possibly until I can confidently start Dalvin Cook. I totally disagree. I'm starting Cook with everywhere I have him this week. Look, Chicago's defense has been lights out on the season. Number six against the run all season long. Actually, over the last five weeks, they're number 19. Um, you know, they've been giving it up. Carry on Johnson had a good game against them. You know, a couple other guys had a good game against them. They're not undefeatable and cook you know had the the really nice run last week didn't do much else with it otherwise but first game back it was nice to see that they're saying he looks fully healthy now fully ready to go i've been waiting too long i'm running the guy out there i'll take whatever lumps i get but i love his upside scott thoughts about cook yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do what you're doing. Start Tariq Cohen over Dalvin Cook. Tariq Cohen's too unreliable. You know, I have Cook at number fourteen. Uh, there's there's a lot of upside with him being in the lineup. It's a tough matchup. You got two great run defenses going against each other, but I couldn't use it. Tariq Cohen over him. You never know what you're going to get from Tariq Cohen. All right, so there you go. Maybe I make a change here. Uh, we got, I got a couple hours left. Got a few hours left, so maybe I'll make that change. Yeah, um, you can obsess over it for three hours. I will. I'm now, going to the, now. The one one other guy I'd like to talk about is on Johnson because yeah. you know, you know, everybody's talking about Theo Riddick being more involved, but so will on Johnson in in passing game. Two out of the last three games, he's had six receptions. Um, so I expect that that to be a nice number as well in this game. So I really like the fact that Scott has him so high. I know a lot of people have him lower this week. Uh, yeah, Good. yeah I, actually, I actually, while we were talking, I just moved him up to number 12 over Philip Lindsay. Riddick is almost going to play like a wide receiver. 
Carrier Johnson is going to be a workhorse today, and uh, you know Carolina is not that good against the run. I think they have they let up about four point seven yards per carry. So Carrier Johnson's an RB one for me this week. Yeah, so good stuff there uh, to round out the RB twos. Dion Lewis at sixteen, Marlon Mack seventeen, Tree Cohen at eighteen. You guys are hammering me. It's not that far apart. Fourteen and eighteen. Come on now. Alex Collins at 19. We have a shot at a good Alex Collins game today, I feel like. You can't just look at the spots. You got you, every, Everything is different context there. Looking at the spots, uh, my friend. Dalvin Cook has way more upside and is way more reliable for touches, I think. All right. So maybe I'll make a switch during the break. We'll finish the running backs at the top of the hour and do some wide receivers as well. In hour number two of FST, game day edition, Mike Scott and Jim will be right back. <laughs> 